Welcome everyone back to the Thorn Files podcast. When last we met, the intrepid investigators for Thorn Investigations had defeated the creature at Temple Studios. Um, they had bested it, and uh, almost all of them had died. Um, but they were fine in the end. Uh, the uh, Michael Shepard was apprehended, and Woden arrived just in time to make sure that uh, the public did not get a get a glimpse on anything that was going on uh, in the studio and the dance school where the final confrontation took place now we see our investigators not not long after the last investigation not only but weeks this time it's going to be a couple a few days so wounds are still healing memories of the fight are still very fresh and the place that you saw and the things that you've seen um, and experienced uh, to start off with we are going to uh, we have a few paired up scenes we're going to uh, start doing and these are uh, interim episodes um, and there are a few things I want to get uh, going as well uh, but start off with we're going to Evangeline it's a few days after the events I don't know how much Peter has been staying in the apartment Peter would you be around or would you have stayed in the building the institute He'd have been recuperating in the mm. institute for a little bit, and then he'd a couple of days, and then he'd probably be coming back. Yeah. Um, this Peter is back. This is probably one of the times where people's uh, Peter's still resting or asleep, um, and it's very early in the morning. You're just barely awake, and you hear a knock on the door. And it's a cheerful little rat tat 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 knock on the door. She always has her bed. Drape over her shoulders, a very long flowing satin nightgown that kind of catches her brisk walk to the door as she kind of like goes sort of to answer it. And it's a, it's a very, there's a very gentle movement as she just very, very calmly moves across and the door is latched, so it kind of opens it to peering through the latched doorway. Standing in the hallway outside your door is a um is a, is a, is a gentleman standing there. Um in a fine suit. Um you notice straight away that while the clothes are very well made and very fashionable, they are definitely of a fashion that was probably a few i'd say probably 30 to 40 years earlier than the time period you're currently in <laughs> so he sort of looks well dressed but you the clothes seem off uh and he has uh sort of bright like almost bleach white blonde hair that has been neatly put back um and he has a, a very fine uh facial hair and he smiles at you as you open the door and he says miss lane fox a pleasure 
and she's dressed in her nightgown. Um, uh, and you do realize the time of the morning? Oh, uh, no, I didn't. But uh, wondering if we could perhaps have a little talk. Absolutely. She would be so kind as to wait for a second and she'll close the door and take a moment to herself to kind of absorb everything she's got as she walks back to her bedroom to get ready. And she probably takes about 10, 15 minutes to get ready. She kind of like puts on full red lip, uh, very, um, very much. She's like making sure she's presented. Her hair's, her hair's returned to that, that, that perfect little ringlet when she wakes up, very little effort. Um, She'll kind of wear like a jacket uh, with a very large kind of brooch on the front, and she'll she'll she'll, she'll get herself ready as if she was going to work. I don't think she's been to been to the office, as you can tell from her nightstand stuff. There are files and stuff across there. She probably hasn't left her apartment since uh, the the events from Temple, and she's recovered. Um, and she'll move through and she'll unbolt the door and open it towards him. She says, "Apologies, it just takes me a little while to." Uh, prepare myself for a visitors. Please do come in. Uh, thank you. And he sort of, he peers at everything as you, as he sort of steps in, leans a bit too low to get into the door. Um, doesn't need to lean that. So he just steps in. Wonderful. Wonderful. Uh, it's all very, very different. Great. Wonderful. Um, and he says, ah, places to sit. And he sits down on the nearest seat. Um, so hello. My saying is you're in a morning beverage. Oh, uh, whew, um, probably, but I'm not sure you'll have what I what I enjoy for a morning beverage. If I'm being perfectly honest, um, I I should probably explain who I am, um, uh, or more specifically where I come from. If you'd like to take a seat, she nods and she takes a seat. And I think there's this moment where she kind of like, she, she sits down and there's a moment that she just then crosses her legs over and she just takes an extra long time just in the space watching him. And she just, she's just taking everything about him for a moment. And then she just nods and she says, yes. Are you trying to do a move of any sort? You haven't got a move that no. does it. She's no. just, she's just, just taking them herself. In. She's just, she's, it's called the Evangeline move. Just the Evangeline. Um, yeah. He uh, forward and says, "Now, um, I, the people I, I, I'm associated with, the uh, are perhaps somebody you folks that you are a little aware of, um, but maybe you have not seen us before. Uh, we are the the court of the Sealy." And we wanted to make ourselves known to you, not just because you are, um, because things have gotten a bit interesting out in the world, but also because you have been making a few little waves in the uh, in in our court and other courts, as as it as it so happens. Um, but I want, but before we get into anything, before anything uh, becomes unpleasant, I wanted you to know that um, we have a lot of respect for what you're able to what you're able to do eventually we're not like the other courts that might uh, imagine that your proficiency in the magics that you wield uh, taint those magics we don't believe that um in fact we want to encourage it we want to help if there's anything we can help with uh, mine oh i don't 
I don't technically think I have a name, but I'm, I'm going to be a representative that if you want to talk to, I will be here to talk to if you if you so wish. Um, takes me not but a moment to uh, to appear. I'm always sort of around, um, but I don't really have necessarily a name. It sort of looks over. Um, oh, uh, what day is it? Wednesday. Right. Well, then you can call me Mr. Wednesday. But when we come to the, your world, we tend to get names thrust upon us, uh, and we don't tend to get to choose our own names. Mr. Wednesday sounds about sounds right. So, um, as a sign of uh, our respect and our uh, hope that we can work together in the future, um, we have a gift in mind. If you are open to receiving gifts. It depends what strings come with these gifts, Mr. Wednesday. Well, I am here to help Evangeline. And he sort of gestures over to the other end of the Ursus seating area. And you see nestled on a cushion, a violin case. And there's a brilliantly green violin case. And he sort of flicks a hand and it clicks open. And within it is the most beautiful violin you've ever seen. It does not look that it has been made. It looks like the shape of the violin was grown. So there's no seams on this. It is, this looks like a, this was made to be a violin. This was always going to be a violin. And he says, just a token of our uh, continued respect. She, she will laugh and she will be like, so literal strings. Well, you do play them so beautifully, Evangeline. But if there is any information that I can help you with, uh, the Sealy are not necessarily, um, we don't necessarily get involved with ourselves too thoroughly in the workings of the, um, the human world, but we do, we can offer advice, offer assistance. You have very deftly avoided the conversation, like I do when I do not wish to talk about something. Do not color me a fool, my... Dear acquaintance, what is it you wish from me in return? Well, thing is, Evangeline, if I can call you Evangeline, um, we have been um, ver made very aware of the uh, how things are going in your world at the moment. And one of the things that has become clear to us is that there's a lot of little tidbits of magic dotted about uh, within magical items, within little bits and pieces here and there. Um, and all we wish is for those things to be returned to a place where magic can thrive. In, in your world, if something becomes magical, it, is, it does tend to be used for ill means eventually or becomes twisted just by the fact that it doesn't have a renewing source of magic it just becomes a bit stale and when it becomes stale it becomes dangerous yes it does we have seen a lot of that more recently and what would you have me do one with these magical items where would they be returned to by the court of the Sealy. we have no interest in anything going on in this world in terms of 
our own control, our own influence. We just wish to uh, restore what magic we can, what uh, what is in this world, and make it safe, make it something that can be used for the good of people. Humans don't necessarily need magic. When they do have it, they always use it eventually for, for ill means. Not just humans. No. But it's just our experience that humans do tend to lean towards it. She looks towards the violin. She's like, this is beautiful. But it was not the beauty of the violin that that sentiment and put to myself. This is not where magic comes from. Whilst I cannot accept your gift, do not see this as me not willing to aid as you have requested. Oh, thank you. And he snaps his fingers and the violin folds up into itself and disappears. Emotion that, as you have said, carries the unpredictability with magic, but very much what also allows us to be the way we are. She takes him in and she scans. She's kind of, she's really just kind of scanning him in because, yes, from what she knows, she's already in one deal. She doesn't want to. She's not entering into another one, and she is, um, but she's also not going to start a war in the shadows. That uh, by saying or doing the wrong thing. He smiles and says, "Well, like I said, just a thought." And I'll be there. Thank you, Mr. Wednesday. And he clicks his fingers again. And as he clicks them, you are alone. I think she's she's gonna get she's gonna get up and she'll start going through some files and looking through books and journals and really, she's really been quite sequestered in her home. Mm-hmm. She's not really been coming into the office. Mm-hmm. Me sending um she writes out a few things she's gonna ask Angus to fetch from the archives and bring through to her <laughs> at some point in the day. Of course. Yeah, she's been very much just kind of like tucked away, almost a recharging in her space. So within this of couple of days Evangeline's been sequestered into in her apartment uh Vera asks Evangeline to come with her to investigate Greyfriars Bobby's statue or uh, Greyfriars Bobby's kirkyard. Either one, you can choose to do. I, I guess go to one, and if if nothing appears to be there, go to the other. Um, but I, I was given this a few days ago at this point, so it's entirely possible that um, this, this entity is no longer there. You make your way into uh, into the city, into the upper city, where you know, firstly, you go to the statue, you can't see anything there, and then you start to make your way towards the the kirkyard. And it's, it's not a very large, um, in comparison to some graveyards that you've uh, both probably seen. And you walk through it, trying to find any sort of inkling of what you may have been drawn there to to do fear or to find i think evangeline will have um under one of her arms um a wicker a wicker basket picnic basket, picnic basket that she'll put in she'll have kind of a very large open kind of hat um very kind of like a-lined um skirt pretty polka dotted she's 
she's dressed for a trip out with Vera and just kind of like um just kind of like soaking kind of everything in making making sure to be conspicuously inconspicuous in what they're doing here wonderful uh Vera is there anything you're gonna do um I think before we actually head into either of these places we're gonna pause briefly sort of on the on the periphery and just have a, a a last sort of final word about well um of course the, the first time this thing spoke to me it did say that the next time i would be aware of it was when it was doing harm to either me or somebody i knew and obviously this token was um Proved that that was a bluff, which is what I'd hoped, but it could still be dangerous. So I would like your read on it. I definitely see this being as having more fear than aggression, but of course, trapped animals will often lash out. Indeed, whatever the pool is that stirs us in the darkness. We'll have many of those things that have lived there a long time behaving out of character. I believe your assessment is correct. This creature is using its subterfuge, its its nature to scare you into to into helping it. I think it was a cry for help. To be honest, if it was asked nicely, I probably would have just said yes. At that point, you hear yelling, both of you. And you, at one end of the kirkyard and the other end, you see people running, sprinting into the church. You can't make out exactly what's happening straight away, but it becomes pretty clear pretty quickly that what's happening is somebody is being chased there are three figures it looks like chasing one other figure and as you see them they start attacking this creature the, the person is running ahead and you start making your way forward and as you see this sort of kerfuffle and people that's are stumbling over gravestones uh this sort of fight keeps going on vera your uh heart suddenly drops because you realize the person who's been chased into this kirkyard is hetty oh yeah I'm, I'm sprinting towards this altercation peter and tabitha you have gone to play poker you've gone to play poker have a drink together you have found a place to have a uh, a drink in town, uh, a place that has uh, tables where you can play poker. I would say, Peter, the places you, you know best would be on Rose Street, you know, where Simeon's house is, it's sort of off from Rose Street. You've seen quite a few nice little bars and cafes here, and they all seem very cozy. So you find a place here, someone you know, um, and you and Tabitha, have are having drinks in this bar. Would you have invited anyone else from the investigations? Just you two. 
No. No, just you two. Fine. Hey, you know, hey, you go back. It, whatever you want, man. He'll have made a point of saying to her he wants to take her out for a drink one evening. I would have accepted. I don't think since um, the studios, Tabitha probably hasn't been outside. Yeah. So, I mean, the it's uh, towards the, the evening. Evangeline and Vera left that morning. So you've had a bit of a day. But now it's getting to the evening. You find a place to have a drink. I don't know if I've, if Peter's quite good at poker now. I don't know how good Tabitha is. Um, I can imagine Tabitha learning how to play poker from her grandmother and getting like really good at it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've got an excellent poker face. Yeah, we don't we don't have to play. That was kind of an excuse just to get you out. I put my purse away. <laughs> Won't buy it. But, but we we can if you want. Um, quite easy to win money off people though it can be annoying it's not satisfying if it's easy not everything some things maybe um so like i'm being encouraged to do stuff and get out there and relax and i kind of live with evangeline and well, I, f I figured we should, like, go out and have a drink and just relax. I am also often encouraged to do those things. Um, I tend to not always enjoy them, but thank you for inviting me. You're welcome. Um, so, th there were... There was something I wanted to ask you. Okay. I don't know if this is like the, the an appropriate. I mean, it's probably not an appropriate place to ask you. Well, you have to um, ask now. Well, I do. Um, where do your abilities come from? Oh, okay. Um, just put my mind to something and give a lot of myself over to the things I've learned and determination can make things happen. Books, really, Peter. Oh, so there's not something behind it, something gifting you its power. No. Well, I've not seen anyone do what you do before. I've not seen anyone do what you do. I wish I could say that, but the war showed many things. It didn't show anyone that can do what you do. Well, bleed everywhere and make everybody hurt quite a lot yes you seem quite proficient at something that I watched many that came before me die trying to perfect something like me well it's not been without its difficulties 
dangerous path to walk, I think. That's what I wondered, because every time I use my power and I do more dangerous things, it's a very fine line. And then I look at everything you do and everything you wield, and I wonder what the cost is. Well, I don't know if you've noticed, but the cost tends to be paid by the people around me. And I suppose one day I'll regret whatever it is that they have to pay. Well, you should be careful. There will be people that wish to take advantage of that. There are plenty of people in this world that will happily pay the price with others rather than themselves. Yes, well, I'm sure my aunt won't let that happen. Or Evangeline, who's babysitting me. Or Vera, who's also babysitting me. Evangeline's doing much more than that. She almost died. We must be careful. She cannot die. She is wise she has lived a long time and we mustn't let any of us fall for all of this how old is evangeline well, i don't know but she's definitely older than us okay she yes, has well. seen a lot she yeah um is knowledgeable just just be careful. You're young and if you're paying your own price in all of this, be careful. Because when I was younger, I didn't realize the price that my life would make me pay. But just drink. Would you, would you like some more wine? Yes, that would be lovely. He popped you up generously. Drink it down, like. Well, you be careful as well, Peter, because I have seen you fear very dangerously into territory that you may not come back from. No, that's true. Well, <clears throat> to being careful. To being careful, and I wouldn't ask you to do what I know Evangelina Vera would do if necessary. That's good because I wouldn't do it. Good. Well, It'll just... be up to them to put me down if it's needed. I don't think. I'd let them do it either, Peter. I would. Then we shall see. So just look after yourself and you can't spend your whole time in that institute. You need to get out there and find a life. Maybe find someone you love. <laughs> I don't think there's anyone outside of the Institute for me. 
but I think you are. I hope you're wrong. Well, just drink some more. <laughs> you drink your wine. You uh, perhaps do play a little bit of poker. At some point, the, the bar becomes a little bit busier, and somebody comes up to your table and uh, just uh, sort of, oh, uh, sorry, is, is this chair taken? Yes. Peter, you look at this person that Tabitha said yes to, and you see a face that you recognize. He looks so much older than when you last saw your father. But here, standing in this bar, surrounded by people who have no idea who he is. Blend, he could blend into the crowd. He's just standing there. And he says to you, Is the seat taken? No. Wonderful. And he sits down. And you see he has a glass of wine as well. And he puts it on the table. He says, Sorry, um, he looks over you, Tabitha. You would be Miss Thorne, yes? I'm giving him the most intense, severe look I can muster. And who are you? My name is Henrik. I am Peter's father. Has he told you anything about me? He actually has not, no. That's not like my brave boy. You're normally so open, Peter. I'm going to rip your fucking throat out. Oh, you're going to calm down. If I don't leave here in five minutes safely, there are two people outside. One of them will come in and kill everyone in this bar. The other one will make a call and start attacking people that you know, or people important to those that you know. You keep the fuck away from all of them, you monster. Now, Peter, such unkind words for me. And look at all you have been able to accomplish. Look how strong you are. Thanks to me, Peter. You wouldn't be who you are today if it wasn't for me. You wouldn't be able to do what you are able to do if it wasn't for me. You are so strong, my brave boy. 
I am stronger than you. I am stronger than all of them, and I will kill each and every one of you. Not now, but maybe another day. I'm certain that you could, but I do just want to make an argument. My associate, Bale, has told me that what he wishes is for you to come to his side willingly. He sees you as a creature with great potential, as do I. I've always seen that potential in you, Peter. Um, despite certain choices you've made. I... I agree with Bale, but I think it is worth noting that um, I also understand the power of influence and fear. Uh, and I do I do respect that you don't like me and you don't I don't want you to like me but I think you need to understand that what's happening is going to happen and you could either choose to be at the forefront of it and bring this world to a better place or you can fall by the wayside which would be a, just such a waste the amount of time and effort I put into making you what you are. There are organizations on every continent hunting monsters like you. And he leans back and says, I'm not hiding, Peter. No. And I, I don't think that you will do anything about it at the moment either. Because you don't know who I have waiting outside. And he leans in and he says, You know, I never thought that he was right for you. Fuck. I never really thought that any choices that you're making with him were the right ones. But nowadays... Um, I shoot him in the foot. Life's a game, the world's a stage, and we're merely role players. Now playing in the main house, Vigil. It's true. My department has abandoned this town and left you to fend for yourselves against your worst nightmares. But I promise I'm not going anywhere, and I'm asking you to join me. Your neighbours never need to wake up and remember their nightmares, because we'll be there. Keeping watch. Vigil, a Merely Role Players production. Search for Merely Role Players wherever you find podcasts. Maximum drama guaranteed. Hello everyone, it's Danny, your resident keeper here. It's been a while, yeah. Love you done your hair. Um just jumping on to say thank you very much for listening to this episode of the Thornfowls podcast. Really enjoying making it and we're uh, starting to record our new mystery, um, which uh, will come up in the next episode. I'm really excited for you guys to hear this one. It's a twisty turny one. Um 
if you're enjoying the podcast why don't you come uh, see us on our socials and um, we don't do a lot on them but we what we do do is real quality stuff and uh, if you're listening and you are enjoying the podcast please leave us a rating leave us a review it really helps us out get out there and make sure that we're spreading our scary stories to other people that may want to hear them and before i go just a shout out to merely role players who allowed us to use their wonderful promo in our uh, this promo slot here um they're brilliant so you should give them a listen if you uh, ever have a chance to and um that's pretty much it i think thank you very much for listening and see you in the next episode for now let's get back to the mystery Is there any way I can put my hand on Peter and prevent this? You can if you'd like to try, but I can't go any further. It'll be a protect, a protect someone. Um, oof. What is protect someone? Um, is it cool? Or... It's plus cool. Okay, I do have plus one. Um, ten. Six. Ten. So you... Stop me do something. <laughs> <laughs> Safety. <laughs> um, so, um, uh, you can choose to. Um, you suffer little harm, uh, so you are able to do. You prevent harm going to. Yeah. You'll have um, had it pointing like, under the table when he was saying, "If you kill me, yeah, it'll be yeah." I just kind of like notice you shuffling on the table and put my hand on your forearm and just say to your dad, "I think your five minutes are up." Oh, I agree. I agree. I just wanted to let you know, Peter, that um, it's something which I I do believe um, that if you were to come on side, I think they would. I think you'd work well with him. Peter's um, made his choice. Thank you very much for letting me know. I didn't think this was possible. I didn't think it would be easy. Um, of course, feel free, Peter, at any point to come and speak to Bale. You know, he has an eye on you. He, he sort of stands up to go. He was the pressure of, oh, yes, there was one thing I forgot. Um, I did... Your dad really talks a lot, Peter, doesn't he? I'm I'm terrible. Just one one small thing. I'm not uh, sure that we've got time to hear what oh. you have to say. Have a Let him finish. Well, I just wanted to let you know that I did assume that something may happen here. So I did ask my friend to put in a call before I came in. Not to as many people, but perhaps, well, there are just some people that you deal with at the moment, Peter, that share the same choices that you have made in your life. And, well, there's no great loss if anything happens to them. So I will see you at some point soon. If you wanted to stop um, anything happening to was it Hetty? Then you should probably start running. What? Fuck. And he walks out of the room. Tabitha, where the fuck does... Is... What did that mean? I, th I think I would know where Hetty and Vera live. Is that Vera's room? Where do they live? We have Vera. to go there now. Where yes. do they live? Um, I tell Peter where they live. You do know that there are protections on Hetty's and Vera's house, so it's not a protection on Hetty's office. 
um, she's a dental nurse. Yeah. Um, Let's go to the dental, wherever dental nurses work. Dentists usually. Okay. You make your way um, across town quickly. Don't you um, have some kind of fast means of travel, Peter? I don't know her, and I don't know the place. Uh, well, okay, fine. <laughs> You get to there eventually. You find you know you are able to find the address, and you get to the office that Hetty works at. Um, the time has already passed. Something has already happened here by the time you arrive. You can see there are ambulances on the street. You see that across the road from the office is a car, a Thorn Investigations car. but there are two bodies slumped outside of it. What? Do, do we know the people? Can I rush over to... Um, you recognise one of them as John? Head John, mechanic. who helped with the car? Not John. Okay, Is he alive? Um, um, Has he got a pulse? No. I'll oh. run up to the nearest ambulance, like official type looking person, just to go, what, what happened? Uh, it's, uh, seems like... Um, it was a while ago. The police still around. Uh, uh, and he, he explains that there was um, somebody was accosted when they were leaving the office, and it looks like they they made a runner. They don't know where that person is, but it seems like quite a lot of the people who came to attack were also either dealt with or like they they were themselves attacked. You can see that that John and this other person who works with the investigations are dead on the street. You see that they had weapons out with the ambulance person does not describe any of the wounds and the people that they found on the street as being ones from guns this ambulance guy is acting weird no no he just says that, that this, he's not trying to act weird he's just dealing with the situation doesn't make any sense um, to him we... he said there were three bodies apart from these in the streets that are already been collected can you please move these people to somewhere would... more appropriate we are doing it thank you very much miss. we're just letting the police deal with this, this is a very strange situation we're looking for the dental nurse. I well, I think the police are too. She's the one that ran off. Do you know what direction? I, I do. You think I'm in charge here? Officer. Officer. <laughs> um, we are cycling back a little bit. So, Evangeline and Vera, you are in Greyfriars Kirkyard. It is a couple of hours before Peter and Tabitha met up with. Peter's father, you see this, uh, you see Hetty running into the Greyfriars Kirkyard. She is being pursued by three other people. They all of them look uh, gaunt and bedraggled in their clothes as they sprint towards you. You recognize one of them as the person who was at the McCullough Collection, who was following you at the McCullough Collection. They are chasing her in, and as you approach, they catch up and start attacking her as we're running towards her evangeline's going to kind of like bring up her hand to cast her shield spell and her magic's going to flicker for a second she's going to reach into the hamper and just chuck a bottle of champagne just across towards the discredit as like break to break their focus on her can i have a kick some ice from you yes and Vera, what do you do? They are they are bearing down on Hetty at this point, and you see that they their fingers sort of lengthen to claws, and they are they you see a hand stabs into her back. 
Oh, um, as we're running across uh, across the street to, to towards them, um, I am doing my very best to maintain a a quiet and level tone of voice, um, in order to try and use soothe, um, as I say, um, quiet down here. Nobody needs to get hurt. Why don't you all stand back? The lady looks like she's not interested in your company. Everybody can take a step back. Um, and I'm pull I'm pulling out my pistol as I'm trying to calmly say this. Can you give me the information on calm, calming presence? So roll a ten on my kick some ass with the with the bottle of bubbles. Um, soothe, which is a divine move. When you talk to someone for a few seconds in a quiet voice, you can calm them down, blocking any panic, anger, or other ne other negative emotions they have. So. If they're if they're following orders, if they're soldiers enacting a plan, anything that's going to stop them doing what they're doing it just stops them feeling bad about it. <laughs> yeah, they do not feel bad about it at all. Um, animalistically, they start tearing away at Hetty. Um, Evangeline, your bottle. Whoop. Um, you, it's uh, ten, so you can choose yes. another effect. I would, I would like to force them where I want them, which is to stop hitting her, looking at the bottle, and then looking at us coming towards them. Yeah, bottle hits one of them in the head. Thunk, it's the one that you recognize. Um, and they sort of the head snaps backwards and they and then they look at you and they one of them just starts sprinting towards you, Evangeline. The other two of them still attacking Hetty at this point. Okay. Um, but you do, I'll, say, I'll say you take you, they take a harm from that bottle. Awesome. Um, as um. I'm going to reach into my purse and I'm going to pull out a shard of mirror and I'm going to crush my hand around it and your watch is just let start to trickle around there and she will just you'll see her wince in pain for a moment as she kind of grips hold of it really tightly so that the blood pool pulls down and she's going to raise her hand up and she's going to throw out um a blast of um almost like force and but you can see it just like ripples out from her like like basically like reality shatters around like literally she's hitting reality like it's glass and it's mm -hmm. shattering out to kind of smack into the person yeah okay um and they will take uh three harm and they become restrained in the spots that they're in um yeah okay so this thing looks uh pretty beaten up as you sort of all this happens this body sort of gets trapped in this enclosure of your magic Vera Hetty still on the ground. Um, I'm uh, dashing around the the figure that Evangelina is um, interfacing with, and I'm I've got my pistol out, but I can't shoot given that they are in fairly close contact with Hetty. So um, I'm running up and trying to clock one of them on the side of the head with the with the butt of the pistol, mm. um, and I'm just going to yell, "Hetty, run!" Okay, give um, me an attack. I kick some ass. Ooh, uh, oh, hang on, hang on. Oh, I think I get a plus one to uh, kick some ass. Just check. Yeah, I've got one top and I rolled a six, so that is a seven. Seven. Okay, so uh, you do the, you do the harm. So what? How much harm does the pistol do? Well, I'm I'm not firing it. I'm not using just, it as a pistol. I'm I'm, I'm using it as a as a bludgeon. So probably less than. Um, but it is a 
look. Uh, it's a yeah, it's it's a three home pistol, but in terms of just a a club, um, probably maximum two, maybe um, even just the okay, one. Yeah, I'll give you I'll give you the two because you're 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 a military person uh, and you've you're whacking off the gun. I'll give you two. Um, you hit one of these creatures with the gun as it sort of turns its head towards you as the other one is still focused on Hetty. The Hetty uh, does try to get up and does try to move, but uh, there's one still focused on it as it is still just clawing her against the ground. As this is about to go into her, can I, I, will, I will use my... I will squeeze my hand and you'll watch as more of her blood rolls down her, her arm. Her arm is like blooded now completely. Um, and she... As she feels the pain, she's going to cast her shield spell. Okay. And Hetty. And you okay. watch as... Normally it's like this globe, but you watch as the kind of globe appears and then just shatters. And it's like she's in like a prismatic hamster ball mm-hmm. of magic that the creature's going to hit against. Brilliant. Yeah. So you cast the shield up around Hetty, and as the creature is about to take another strike and... um as it starts attacking you see that it's clawing away at the shield the other one turns to you vera knowing it can't now get to its quarry i will take harm from that initial mass as well on a seven okay yeah so it uh, does go you to harm with a claw as it sort of lashes out and catches you on the on the side um hetty isn't moving on the ground and in this moment as you realize that um, Evangeline, you hear a voice in the back of your head. Um, and you hear this voice say, Do you need some help, dear? It's not Mr. Wednesday. Is it a soft voice? It's a soft, pleasant voice. You sort of experience this magic around you for a moment. You and Vera, there's just a burst of gold light nearby and it distract it's sort of behind both of you the creatures see it first and they look up and as they do you see there is a couple of <laughs> flashes of light that sort of strike these creatures and hit them back one of them is hit so badly they sort of fly backwards into a tombstone and topple over the other side and um as this what, and the one, it also, that one of the light hits um, the creature that Evangeline had restrained and just like blasts it to bits. The one that is left here that has not been at all hurt, so that I was attacking Hetty before, so, and then sees that it's potentially now outnumbered um, and sprints away, dashes off of graves. And um, you have a moment now, you hear a voice behind you. Uh, and you hear this sweet, soft voice say, um, dear, could you go see if that one leads you anywhere? And uh, I'll I'll help out Miss Lane Fox here. And a woman sprints off after the creature. And you see, uh, standing beside you, Evangeline, a woman in a fine white suit, very large white hat, sort of cur- golden curls, um, and she smiles, she looks over to you, Evangeline, and says, Miss Lane Fox, be meaning to have a chat with you. My name is Charlotte Glass. I gave you my card. You did indeed. What fortuitous timing. 
And she looks at the bottle, at the smashed like bottle on the floor. She says, "Don't worry, I brought another one." And she reaches into the hamper and pulls out another bottle, another bottle of bubbles for their for their for their picnic. Probably a good idea. Let's um see about this creature first. And uh, your shield dissipates. Uh, Vera Hetty is on the ground and she is not moving. Uh, I am already over her and trying to figure out what's you. Wrong. You turn her over and you can see that a lot of these claw marks went through and through, through the back out, and she is just soaked with blood. As you look down at her, her face shifts slightly and flickers. And for a moment, she doesn't look like Hetty. She looks like sort of cycling through different faces, parts of the face light up in different ways. Uh, I try to put pressure on the wounds in order to try and stop the bleeding um, while I'm finding it difficult to tear my eyes away from her face. The shape-shifting creature looks up at you. Hold on. My friends here can make sure that you're all right. Not all right. Vera Bright. No, we need to have a chat. So I need you to be calm. I need you to breathe slowly and deeply. Hold on. She is safe. Told her to run. And what about you? Not worth it. They are bright. Who were they? They were your kind. Not your kind anymore, I think. You were awfully cryptic last time we met. I think I know some of what you were trying to hint at. But don't mince words now. The... The magic... Magic works best in this world when it is performed by humans. I found out only way any of this could happen is if humans did it. In any way that any what? To call Vera Bright. Only a human could could bring the magic into the world. I'm sorry. I was afraid. No. Hey. No excuse. Evangeline. She will be kind of rushing over, having dealt with all the those last moments and Miss Glass and to be like, um, 
I can I can try, but I will try, you know. As you do, the creature puts a hand up on your face for your bride. And I wish I wasn't so afraid. You don't need to be afraid. And Do I feel like it's about to die in that moment? You start working your magic and as you do the hand slips from Vera's face. If if that was happening, rather than healing the creature, I would like to try and do what we did in Not Kill Farm. And if Vera is willing, just create this little moment where they can be in a place of safety for those kind of final last moments, not in pain, with the beauty, with that kind of beautiful moment that we did the, the last time something died mm. in our presence from another world. Um, and she's going to activate the kind of her powers around that and try and give them those last few extra moments. Can I have a use magic roll? You may nine. This magic that you create, it envelops the creature, but Vera, you get a glimpse of this as well. And just because you're so close and this thing looks off past you to open fields where there are countless of its number and it just gives a little smile and then turns to light in your arms and disappears as it's starting to fade I'm whispering down sort of into its ethereal form you are my friends it's all right and then it's gone we need to find hattie um the dentist is that way and she was like lo location spells require more than more than me on my own and I will look at Charlotte as I say as I say that well I'd be more than happy to help never it costs and I hold up my hands she sort of with a daintily gloved hand she sort of takes takes your hands my bloody glove from my, from my, my blood stained hands uh, can I ever use magic from you as Charlotte helps you you feel a rush of magic through you Is eleven. Um, so with that, you can sense that Hattie isn't far. She must have been turned off the main road at some point. Uh, the creature must have led her and then sent her one direction while it continued in the main direction towards the kirkyard. You um consensus she's in uh, she's hidden herself away in an alleyway off the main the main street sort of panicking didn't know where to go and so it stayed still um as you're doing this and you sort of have the sense of the location of where she is you do also sense that peter and tabitha are nearing where she is as well so if you were to go you could probably meet at the same point where they are 
Peter and Tabitha, you get information from police officer sort of indicating where the where the people ran off to, but nobody's able to find them yet. And I will tell Peter where to go and that Peter and Tabitha will serendipitously be near her. Uh we're we're already running. Yeah. I I will stay behind with Charlotte. You can feel free. I, I don't run, but I I can catch up. They will be fine. Um, you've been watching? Bits and pieces. Whenever I get the chance. I'm not technically here. If that makes sense. I'm still in my uh, my uh, my house in London at the moment. Uh, this is more just a temporary thing. Um, but wonderful to meet you. Uh, I think we have some things to talk about. Yes, and a couple of reasons for our group to take a little trip down to London. Perhaps we will meet you there. I'm sure you will, Evangeline Lane Fox. I'm sure you will. Miss Glass, I will nod my head and turn to walk towards Tiller of Devira slowly. Peter, Tabitha, and Evangeline, you make your way, you reach the alleyway. Uh, Vera, you make you get there first. <laughs> I imagine as you enter, it's dark here. It's, um, you know, getting, getting into the, the evening now. Um, I think, tell me why that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And into the evening now you, um, see coming out from an alcove in this alleyway of a, the stoop of a door, Hetty's head pokes out. She's still wearing her white coat from her work. Um, but she very obviously looked like she's been crying and she sees you and she just runs into your arms. Uh, I think even before I sort of round the corner into this alleyway, I'm, I'm yelling in what very little breath I have left at this point, Hetty, Hetty. And then seeing her, um, uh, we collide and I just hug her tight it's okay what happened that uh, um there's a i don't know what it was it looked like you but it's it there was it killed those people it killed some of those people that came to my office and then then it, i don't know it it left me here and then it looked like me i don't understand uh, i know i know it's They, they could have been a friend. They didn't really have a chance. Fear, what, what were they? What is going on? Um, it's time where you saw where I worked.